this is abs. This is the part where you say this is John. John, you get. Oh, oh really? This is, this is what we discussed. Oh, I thought you were going to continue. <laughs> no. I'm not no I, oh, I thought abs. you were going to do like a spiel about yourself. This is abs. Oh, you don't need to start over anything? Oh, my God. This, this is... No, I don't. Oh, I'm totally messing you up. <laughs> I don't know if that's intentional or not. That was hilarious. Um, okay. Well, this is Abs. This is John. And this is Alien and the Jester. Wait, can I do that again? <laughs> this, this is actually kind of hard. This is Abs with my co-host, John. And this is Alien and the Jester, episode three. How are you, John? I am doing really well. Thank you for that intro. So, yeah, we're on episode three. <laughs> I can't believe it. Freaking amazing. <laughs> so, I'm going to stop saying that. I'm going to stop saying that, like, uh, sounds so incredulous because I really do feel that way. But we should act professional from now on. Wait, so you, you're saying I can't call people snake oil salesmen? <laughs> no, that is okay. Okay, as long because as I was, I was you're going doing to. it. <laughs> Actually, did you see um, the the coin movement, the crypto movement today? Oh my god! I mean, it's been going on for the last week or two, where this downturn. I mean, uh, I know with Doge, there was a th- th- their car lost, so they took a huge down downfall, and um, they broke through one of their supports. Oh yeah, so yep, supports. I I will. I will agree with the terminology. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if you listen to our first episode, support and resistant lines are somewhat of a difficult terms for John, but it definitely went down considerably in the last two weeks. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, and I don't know if there's going to be any stoppage. Like, China is just continuing to ramp up their... Yep. Um, regulations on it and the El Salvador thing. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I feel like people are kind of paying attention to it, but it's like El Salvador, if you really look at it relative to like all the other countries, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like the country that uh, doesn't have a lot of uh, like say. So mm-hmm. it's like convincing. I don't know. Yeah. I, the news hasn't been great. Uh, I'm sure we'll cover it a little bit deeper. We'll do some good research. I think things are still going on, so it would be kind of weird to comment too much on it. Because honestly, I don't see... I think it's going to keep going down for a little bit. I think uh, at least Doge hit a new support level, and I think it's going to uh, stabilize at some uh, around... I think last I checked, it was like 0.1, 0.19. Uh, this, this is being recorded on the 21st uh, at night. Um, yeah, and it's I like think, around 19 cents or something. Right is now. it 19? Okay, yeah. So it's 19 cents now. It's crazy. I think only, what, uh, a week ago, it was like a 30. Uh, it was stabilizing around there. And then a huge downfall kind of started yesterday i think the big one started yesterday but it had it had been kind of going down the last week or two we'll see how it goes but 
I feel like this kind of momentum is going to reveal more of like what was talked about in the first episode too about Tether. Like more and more people, because it's like the climate is not great right now, mm-hmm. more people are going to see like, oh, Tether is not just FUD. Like maybe there's something to it. And I don't know. It, I, I don't remember, but in the first episode, I was saying like by December, like price by targets. December. I mean, I'm thinking like 20s. Um, 20s, yeah. yeah we, but we, we might did... not even need December. Yeah, and the one thing we did say was we were both a lot more bullish on Doge. We def I don't think either of us could predict this downfall this bad. I, I knew that it was going to go down a little bit more, but I didn't think it was going to break the 0.25. But with the recent happenings, it's it's not too surprising, but I still think it will rebound rebound a little bit over uh, this current 0.19 value. But the one thing that we were talking about, Elon's power over crypto in general, is waning. It's waning. He no longer has the same pull as the Doge father uh, anymore, I think. Mm, the the boy who cried Doge. The boy who cried Doge. I, I do think, it, it again, it will rebound. And when it's rebounding, it will have a lot of celebrities and analysts saying, yeah, Doge is going, you know, they're going to try to profit on whatever is going on. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So something else that, so we have some viewers and um, one viewer actually, uh, Chris. Yeah. Um, he has, Shout out to Chris, by the way. Yes. Shout thank out. you. Thank you for listening to us ramble. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something that he actually brought up when in the second episode, when we were kind of talking about like anime and also um, like storytelling as an art form and also kind of like the machine behind uh, Marvel, we called it like Marvel mm. Movie Maker. Um, mm-hmm. So well, he you sh- called it Marvel Movie Maker, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Chris actually shared a really interesting excerpt from a recent book called Amazon Unbound mm-hmm. uh, with me, and I think you're gonna love this. So, okay. so basically, the Amazon Unbound it's a it's kind of like a a book that goes into Amazon's like inner workings and reveals more about like how Jeff Bezos functions um, mm. in a, in the workplace environment, how like it's, it's like a, it's kind of like a biography of Jeff Bezos in a way. And there's actually one excerpt that I thought was really interesting. Um, I guess the setting is uh, Bezos and a bunch of like executives are mm-hmm. in a boardroom and they're basically talking about how they can uh, increase the quality of content coming like media content coming out of Amazon, like, movies tv and i'm just gonna read it so after more debate bezos boiled it down look i know what it takes to make a great show this should not be that hard all of these iconic shows have basic things in common and you're gonna love this this is like the highlight and off the top of his head displaying his characteristic ability to shift disciplines multiple times a day then reduce complex issues down to her most essential essence, he started to reel off the ingredients of epic storytelling. So number one is like a bullet, <laughs> bullet points. Okay. Number one is, and this I'm is from, writing, from I'm, Bezos. I'm, I'm writing things down, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is Bezos. Like, with, This is why he is America's top entrepreneur. This, this guy is a genius. 
Number Lex one. Luthor, yes. A, a heroic protagonist who experiences growth and change. That's number one. Okay. Number two. A compelling antagonist. Three. Wish fulfillment. E.g., for example, the protagonist has hidden abilities such as superpowers <laughs> or magic. Damn. This Bezos guy, like, he's gonna make it he's gonna make it big. Like I, I can tell. Number four, moral choices. That's it. Next one is diverse world building. Uh, in parentheses, different geographic landscapes. <laughs> next is urgency to watch next episode. In parentheses, cliffhangers. <laughs> it gets better. It gets better. Next is civilizational high stakes. A global threat to humanity like an alien invasion. Oh, geez. And then dash dash or a devastating pandemic. I, I can imagine Bezos like winking to the rest yeah. of his oh, yeah. board members <laughs> while he's doing this. Okay, and this one, this this is just such a banger. Like I don't know how Bezos thought of this, but this is this is why. This is why he is the richest man in America. The next bullet point is humor. Next one is <laughs> Wait, that's it. Yes, that's it. That, that was it. That was it. He just said humor, humor, guys, guys. I, storytelling is not that hard. You just need humor. Next is betrayal. Oh. And next, next one. There's more. There's more that makes a good story. Surprisingly, positive emotions. In parentheses, love, joy. Hope. Sex. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. And, all right, next one. There's another one. Negative emotions. Loss. Sorrow. And and there's one more. Sex. There, there's one more banger. This, oh. this, this Bezos guy, I don't, I don't know how he does it. Violence. <laughs> the, the, so he has betrayal and violence, but they're not part of negative emotions. They're, they're, they're specific. So... <laughs> This, this, yeah, this guy. Like, I, I don't know how he does it. He, he knows everything. Like, he, he has nailed it. Like, this is exactly what makes a good story. Like, I, I just... think the thing is okay. So this is a great. So if you take the hero's journey, so in you, I know you know about this. Oh, the, like Joseph the... Campbell's. Um, was it Joseph Campbell? I I forget. I I know. Yes, yes. It was Joseph Campbell. Yeah, it was. I think popular popularized by him. I know Carl Jung had something to do with it too. Uh, um, yes. But yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The the hero. Uh, it, the the Star Wars um, is a great analogy to it. You know, Luke. He gets called to uh, adventure uh, by um, by Obi Wan, and then he. He has. Uh, he's. He's not sure about it because he's about to enter a com- a completely unknown world, and then he goes through it. He has a. And then Obi Wan was the mentor to him, and then something really big happens. That's. Yep. He, they call. I think call it the rebirth. Uh, he transforms. He atones for his mistakes. Blah blah blah. And then he comes back. And then it's. It, that's the hero's journey. He comes back to the, uh, to his um, uh, to his known place. Uh, that's the hero journey. That's how you write. This, this, what Jeff Bezos is putting down is what you do after watching Game of Thrones or something. Huh, what made it good? Yeah, and then you just write down a few things and you try to put him in. Right. It's interesting. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. But if you think of it that way, 
it's not really deconstructing anything. The hero journey is a deconstruction. That's where you'd see, okay, what makes a story a good story? And then people have done uh, variations of the hero's journey. What he's just saying is just the you know tropes that work well, which isn't wrong. He he could you know put him in any show that he writes, and it it would be a banger. But you know, just saying humor as the eighth bullet point was it? Uh, <laughs> well, yes, Mister Bezos, that's true. You could put humor, and that would make it great. But how do you do that? Exactly. You know, the, that's the. the that's the biggest hurdle. You know, just it's like saying, you know, hey, basketball is easy. Just be seven foot tall and put the ball in the basket. Be athletic. Be athletic. Oh, be yeah. a LeBron. Exactly. It's, it's like a NBA GM saying, look, I know what it takes to build a great team. And one bullet point <laughs> is LeBron level player. <laughs> there you go. I just solved it. And he's like That's yelling it. at his That's managers. It. Yeah. <laughs> buy, buy me this. Buy me this. Bullet point. LeBron level player. And then that's it. Then you'll have a championship team. Interesting. Oh my god. That is, first of all, shout out to Chris again. That is such an awesome, awesome suggestion. <laughs> my god. Yeah. This, this, I mean, I was just thinking, like, this is just such arrogance. Like for him mm-hmm. to actually try to boil something as complex as like storytelling down. And I look look, like I have nothing against people, as you said, like hero's journey wonderful mm-hmm. way to kind of parameterize like a very complex subject such as storytelling like giving it some sort of structure where mm-hmm. as you said luke he is in a stable place and then he goes into an unstable place because he is facing challenges and he grows through those challenges and eventually he comes back to equilibrium and kurt vonnegut he's another american author Come, who yeah actually um put structure of into stories and he also he also uh he kind of grafted actually um where if you imagine mm-hmm. like the x-axis being um the time in the mm-hmm. story like uh zero is like the beginning and like infinity is the end of the book and the y-axis is um the sentiment overall sentiment of the story um they're actually kind of like sine and cosine curves that you can uh, get from the most popular stories mm, wow. um yeah of like ancient history even like the great myths like like great greek myths like they all kind of conform to these like sine or cosine curves and it's very interesting uh to look at and i think we kind of like touched on it in a previous episode where i said that i can kind of show that school of rock is actually just cinderella right right mm-hmm. so yeah they follow a very very similar uh, sentiment graph and if you want to kind of dive deeper into this I, I think you can google uh, Kurt Vonnegut shape of stories it's I think it was his like college thesis or something uh, very very compelling so I I'm totally all for that like trying to put structure onto uh, complex things but the way Bezos says like look I know what it takes to make a great show this should not be that hard and one of his full points is humor <laughs> like Dude, like humor itself is a complex subject. And it's funny that Bezos says that because Bezos is like the least humorous person like living. That guy is like not funny at all. I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think if Bezos I, I'm actually pretty sure if you made Bezos like kind of trained to be like a stand-up comedian, he would find that 
humor is not that easy. The same way LeBron level player is not that easy to just do. It's like very Mm -hmm. easy to say like, oh yeah, just add some humor in there. No, I don't know about that. Like, and also violence. That this is such a complex topic on its own too, because like you can't just have people punching each other. It's like, it's like the difference between like movies like The Born Identity, which are known to have like very fast cuts. You you probably uh, also kind of heard about this, like Born Identity, the cinematography of like mm-hmm. the fights because Matt Damon is not like a martial artist himself. They have to compensate for it by using like very very quick cuts, and that like kind of fakes the violence and the punches. Um, compare that to maybe like uh, Hong Kong Mies cinema or even even some anime actually. Mm-hmm. Um, the fight scenes, they are carefully choreographed with real martial artists beforehand as like reference points so that when they kind of superimpose those, 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 those martial arts and those poses and fight scenes onto like animated characters, it looks real and it's amazing because there are no cuts at all. I don't know if you remember, but like Avatar, there's like this one scene where I think Aang and Zuko are fighting in mm-hmm. some sort of um, terrace or some some sort of like front yard, and they play that entire uh, fight scene. There's beautiful choreography, and something like the Born Identity could not even come close to that because mm-hmm. the level of complexity and beauty and like history behind. Uh, that avatar scene is just is just so deep. It's not something you can just boil down into a bullet point as violence. And I don't. I I would pay money to get into the minds of the execs who were around that table and like wonder like what they thought of Bezos just like saying this. Were they like, wow, Bezos is a genius? Because this author, I was just thinking like this could pass off as sarcasm the way he said, and off the top of his head, displaying his characteristic ability. To shift disciplines multiple times a day like is this sarcasm because as an author i feel like you should understand that this is not this is not very complicated at all like boiling down fight scenes um conflict into just violence like that's not very hard and it doesn't really give your executives any information to go off of mm-hmm. uh, i just searched up the von card vonnegut storylines this is awesome i'm gonna probably look a little bit more into it uh listeners if you guys want to look it up it's it, it's very easy to understand once you look at a graph exactly what you're talking about um and i i kind of see what you mean by school of rock can be uh it's a, a cinder it's a cinderella story <laughs> i i see what you're saying kind of um to- totally agree with you uh it's what your basis is doing is what we all kind of do if we're just taking a crack oh. at you know if, if if i ask someone who's not you know hasn't thought about it the first hey what makes this show great what do you think what makes shows period great uh yeah those those are a couple of things that you would bring up and for jeff bezos i guess that's good enough because he knows he's gonna delegate the work so he's yes. gonna get a writer or a group of writers and bring them in and say look that's all you have to do (laughs) but that's also kind of talking down to them i would think the writers would have ideas um for executives this that looks like gold you're like oh that's awesome everything that we want in a show is in 10 bullet points great 
So we'll get a group of writers and they just have to meet those 10 bullet points. How hard can it be? Mm. And if you never write, if you never really work in the creative storytelling process, you don't really understand how difficult it is. A betrayal, kind of going back to Naruto. Right. Like, what does you know, that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? A betrayal in episode one when uh, Naruto is betrayed by... Uh, that te- was it a teacher the guy who yes. makes him sh- you know steal the um uh, the the scroll that betrayal holds no no value you know the value holds in his teacher iruka sensei defending him him realizing that there's someone who loves him and then he fights back yep. and then halfway after at the end of the original naruto series when when spoiler alert when his best friend betrays him that means so much more because you've spent years with these two characters they have bond they've become good friends and now one is leaving the other that betrayal versus the first episode betrayal obviously not the same thing so just saying betrayal just saying violence means absolutely nothing and a great thing you brought up avatar because it's it is a perfect example they had the writers uh the ad- writers and the animators i believe they I mm-hmm. believe they took martial arts classes oh, so that wow. they would get they would understand what's going on understand how to write and animate these scenes mm-hmm. there's a reason why those scenes and why the writing is so well in avatar for a kids show and it still holds up it's no surprise but for executives for the big wigs in the offices it's money period yep yeah, there was a great TikTok that I saw where they explained that a lot of women-led movies um, were stopped because if you remember the Catwoman movie and the Electro movie back in the day, back in the day where there were really no superhero movies. The um, Halle Berry one? The Halle Berry one. And there was an Electro movie that was a Daredevil spinoff, the original Daredevil, the, the one with uh, Ben Affleck. Um, those oh. two movies bombed. And executives kind of saw that as, yeah, you can't really have a woman-led movie and make money off it. At, at the end of the day, they just care about the move they just excuse me they just care about the money that's coming in you what say what you will about the dc universe movies as long as they make money they're going to keep pumping them doesn't matter if it's mm-hmm. the story lines up or not doesn't matter uh yeah i think you're totally right i i actually am curious as to whether it's the capitalistic model can mm. ever make like good art or they are just different like axes so mm. it's the same way how like amazon has not been able to make any good games and and it, i think it's because like their goal is making money and i mm. almost wonder if making good art is the antithesis to making a lot of money because, and, and I think this this just shows like the arrogance of um, tech or like business in a way, where Amazon kind of is like, I would say it's a pretty unoriginal business. So much of its money is made just by copying um, products. And well, at the moment, yeah, I think in the beginning they sort of, I mean, they started selling. They had one product, books, and then I believe. 
it was such a weird story where not a weird story. It's actually kind of inspiring where uh, when he when Jeff Jeff Bezos wanted to expand, I if I hope I'm getting the story right where he emailed a bunch of randomly selected customers uh-huh. and you know basically asked them, okay, what do you guys want us to sell? And they sort of gave a varied answer, and Jeff kind of took that and expanded that way and it became the amazon of today in the beginning they had books period that's right. it so i think in the beginning it was something unprecedented and it was brilliant you can't deny that at the moment yeah so that so that i agree with um i wonder mm-hmm. if like because in business you really want to find out what your customers want mm-hmm. but in art i don't know if you want to know sometimes right right i i understand i like, understand I, yeah i don't know if da vinci like asked uh his clients like so well <laughs> maybe i won't get into that because yeah but like i i agree with you though i i 100 agree with you uh, yeah I'll, I'll change my mind on this when amazon comes out with a good game um but and they can and i think the, I, I don't know if you're chasing money, you can also make a good game. Assassin's Creed is the best example of it. Ubisoft is a, a gaming company I have very love-hate relationship with, where the original Assassin's Creed, ga- Creed game were pretty good, and then they were just burnt, just really put out to make money. And at some point, they kind of realized their mistake, and they stopped doing yearly releases. And then the new ones are, it doesn't have anything, it feels like it has nothing to do with the original AC um, AC games. And it's, you got a lot of good, good games out of that. Yeah. So yeah, you Well, for can. me, that's questionable because mm-hmm. I am not a fan of Assassin's Creed, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. The experience of those games are kind of like, cookie cutter that's true but that that could that could be a debate for another time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think again um it kind of goes back to what we we're talking about in episode two that chasing perfection it doesn't always pay but when you reach it when you have a witcher people forget the witcher 3 is a monumental critically acclaimed everyone loves it game Witcher one and two, while they were good, they weren't. They were universally loved. It took them two. It took them three games for um, CD Projekt Red to honestly make the perfect game. Yes, um, that that is true. So that that's an interesting one because The Witcher three had source material in the mm. novels. Right, right, right. And I think that helps a lot. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to come up with the original story. Um, well, the thing uh, I, I do want to point out, uh, The Witcher games are uh, a sequel to the stories. Uh, you're partially right where they had all the characters and the world already from the books. But the storylines are all original. They really did uh, come up with all the stories. And the writing team for The Witcher series, 1, 2, 3, they're fantastic. They really are fantastic. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So when Amazon is able to do that, then <laughs> yes, I will right. change my mind. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Yeah, but I, I think there's actually kind of inspiring point to all of this. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, if if Bezos, like one of the richest, like most successful men or people in America, thinks this way, the rest of us, like if we have some taste, like we could we could make it. Because mm. mm-hmm. even he, like he's he has it's obvious he has kind of not as much taste or like little taste. So <laughs> well, if you just have like a little sliver, you could, you could be in that boardroom with him. Well, I think you can have, you can measure intellect in very different ways too. Uh, Einstein, I, I believe it's an Einstein quote, quote that says, you know, if you, if you measure a fish by how much it can fly, yeah, it's a dumbass. But you, or I think it's actually, no, it was, uh, you can't measure a I'll fish's intellect. Like, yeah, it's a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, he said that. Uh, yeah, I believe it's, he said, you can't measure a fish's intellect by how much it can, if it can climb a tree or not, right? Uh, Jeff Bezos, I mean, you can think whatever, I think anyone can think whatever they want of him. He is a brilliant businessman and entrepreneur. Is he, would be, would he be a good screenwriter would he be a good showrunner i don't know about that yeah but, but i think he would like to think so well I, right 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 i think when you're good i mean jack ma is another great example uh oh, we, why don't we rift about right. that before he's a living model yes he's a living example anyway um great great find great find yeah um thank you chris again yes thank you chris because it actually gives us the perfect segue as... oh before we do the segue I'm sorry, I forgot to mention it is my sister's birthday and on the day of this recording, oh. 621. I just want to give a, a little shout out. Happy birthday, little sis. Oh, uh, happy birthday. Yeah, um, I don't think she's going to listen. I'm going to just send her this little clip and say, yeah, uh, happy birthday. Uh, happy birthday. You have, uh, you have an okay brother. He, he, yeah. He's hard to be with sometimes. But... <laughs> yeah, but anyway. The no, segue. What, John? What is the segue? Yes. So perfect segue. As we all know, Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos is now divorced <laughs> or getting divorced. <laughs> from... Which means he was married. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which means this man was married. Uh-huh. And that brings us. That brings us to the topic of this yes, podcast, sir. which is marriage right which is marriage so if you did not know already abs is a married man as am i and as 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 a john and i thought it would be an excellent discussion if we talk about marriage especially Mm -hmm. considering that i would say relative to other people of our generation maybe not to our parents but to, to the mo- in the modern first world era, we married pretty early. Yeah. Um, I I got married at twenty seven. Same here. I want to say I was twenty seven as well. This was November of twenty twenty. Yeah. I think you were December of twenty twenty. Is that correct? December of twenty twenty. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Very. I mean, it's it's very recent to now. This is June of twenty twenty one. So we are still, I think, considered newlyweds. I think we st- we're both going have haven't done our big celebration because of COVID. I think we're both saving it, but yeah. still in COVID paper, yeah, 
exactly on paper on living we are both uh, newlyweds yeah and just to add to that uh, giving a stat so the 2020 average age of marriage for mm-hmm. female uh, participants of a study was 31 for male Jeez. was 33 so yeah so for males we, we're definitely very early and it's interesting because the average age of marriage has been steadily increasing. Um, I didn't know it was that high. I, I thought yeah, it would yeah. be 29, 30, maybe. Wow. I, and I, I should also mention, I think our partners are around our same age as well. It, it's not like they were, they're, they're in, in their thirties. Yeah. I should, should say. How, how old is your wife? I, I believe uh, 26. I, am I wrong? No, I'm 27, 26. I forget sometimes. Yeah, my wife is also one year younger than me, so... Yeah, it's one year, yeah. Yeah, same, same here. Wow, yeah, that's a lot younger than I expected. Uh, the average age is higher than I expected, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because, especially right now, I think getting married young is actually kind of counter to where our society is moving, as we can see from the mm-hmm. median mm-hmm. marriage age. Like, there's, I mean, in terms of dating... Just dating multiple t- people before you get married, that's kind of seen as common now. And also yeah. the access with like dating apps is mm-hmm. the, the landscape is just much different. So I kind of just um, wanted to talk to you about like the current state of dating. And I mean, how did you get married? I feel like most people today, they have so many doubts about uh, marriage. And mm-hmm. I can just like mm-hmm. start saying even like some of the doubts that I had or even yeah uh, yeah no. I, I agree I agree yeah like getting married like did you have uh doubts 100% man um I think we I speak for both of us I know as we spoke in length about dating in general because we both kind of started around the same time I know I started dating in uh for for real real I'm and when I say dating I mean like actually seeking someone seeking someone on uh either an app or in person and then going out to date for, and you meet them for the first time in the date, not necessarily, or you know someone and then you date them. That was for me post-college, back coming back to the city, downloading apps and then kind of venturing out. And, oh my God, that was such a, it's so wild because there is so many, so much choice, and for from from the guy's side, it always felt like you had to give out multiple conversations, and then ten of them kind of stick, and out of that ten, maybe uh, maybe five of them kind of respond well, and then out of five of them, maybe one of them oh, yeah. are willing to go out on a date, and then that's already uh, you, you don't know if. It, most are not gonna produce a second a second date or a second or third. Most are not gonna bloom into a relationship, and it, it can be very frustrating. It, it, I think for women, especially in the city, because of the, they have a lot more choices, they have more criteria, and they will if one even one criteria is not met, they will uh, they're sooner to write. Uh, the guys off at least that's how i felt um but as i was getting more experienced and a little bit older at least uh in, with the dating it felt more confident but even then with uh, with the people i was going on date with you always wondered 
what is the feeling I'm chasing? Because you never know until you find the right person what that feeling feels like. I know that's such a weird thing to say, but until I met my partner, until I started dating her, I had no idea. I had zero idea how I was supposed to feel. The, the sureness that comes with a partner that that you're in align in in um in alignment with alignment with in terms of future and what you want um and what you guys want as a, as partners it's it's hard to describe without actually meeting them and there's also the the question of how much of it should feel natural and how much of it should be effort a lot of people now i think they think of it as, oh, it should feel completely natural with the someone. And if it doesn't, I'm going to break it off. I think people kind of forget that relationships are mostly hard work. That honeymoon phase, that feeling of, oh, I'm in love with this person. Yeah, that that will run out. That will run out and you have to work really hard to find even a deeper love. Um, and that's when you really know, I think, oh, this is the person I want to be with. Uh, that initial love, uh, the initial couple of loves, in my opinion, are all red herrings. The love that kind of sprouts from the hard work and finding a life together, I think that's that's super. That's that's more important. Yeah, I I think you hit it right on. To, like, that's money right there. Like, quote that, frame it. <laughs> Seriously, because uh, if there is like one lesson. One lesson from all of this that you can take away it's that, mm-hmm. yeah, relationships are a lot of work, and yeah, yeah, love is not really. I wouldn't say love is exactly something that like comes to you. It's more of something mm-hmm. you choose. So mm, there's I like a that. lot mm. of active work to create love. It's not just something that like a shooting star that kind of like comes down and. Yeah, it's not, it's not like gamma ray and it comes down and gives you superpowers or something. Like, mm. you really have to nurture that yourself with your partner. And on Reddit, something very common I see in these kind of, like, um, threads. There, and there's so many. And there's so many. I feel like one of the biggest questions in your life, right, it's going to be, should I get married to this person? Right, right. Is this person right mm-hmm. for me? Like, should, should I spend the rest of my life with this person? For good reason, because... The rest of your life is a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't go into a marriage expecting to get divorced. Mm-hmm. And they'll ask, like, on Reddit, um, I have, like, these doubts about this person. Like, sometimes I feel like we don't really match on this. Like, and sometimes I don't feel, like, super attracted to them. And, like, I pick at their flaws. Like, should I still marry this person? And mm-hmm. I actually very commonly see, it's usually, like, the top comment, um, this kind of phrase which is if you have doubt don't ah. and I don't know mm-hmm. about that actually I don't know because yeah because like like any other important decision in your life there's always going to be some hesitation like if for example like if you were to move let's say you live we live in New York so I'll just use New York mm-hmm. let's say you were to move from New York to California and there's all these great points about why you should do it you're still you're still going to have hesitation because mm-hmm. it is an important decision to you and I think 
marriage the same way. Like, if you were totally sure that you should marry them and you did not have doubts at all, I feel like that might call for some... Yeah, there's something that you'd have to look into there, like uh, whether maybe they're like just crazy rich or something, or like somehow <laughs> they are just like fills all of your boxes. Like if after a long-term relationship, I feel like there should be some things that you don't completely like about them, but you choose to almost like compromise. And and that compromise, I think, is what love is. It's it's not It's not what you like them for. It's like what you love them for despite these things that you don't like it's like you like them you love them so much that you're willing to love them even though they have these things that do bother you sometimes and uh so i don't know if you have thoughts to this but uh so if you do i actually did want to because i feel like we're covering so much and i think there's actually a lot that we could be sharing i don't uh, yeah i don't know like this there's just so much like even even with the dating part i just wanted to ask you before like do you think dating is harder for guys than like for men than women mm. right now and like what can men be doing because i feel like there's so it, it's it's a very hard uh, environment out there some like you said it before like girls they have many options they can have uh, tough criteria but before mm-hmm. that, I just wanted to ask if you had any thoughts on what we were talking about the, before. The, yeah, the doubts. Yeah, I think it varies on pe- varies with people's varies by people and how, the temperament you have, how you kind of see things, and how you what you expect. Um, I'll give an example with myself and my wife. My wife is a doubtful person by um, more doubtful person by nature, so I think she shared more doubts with me in the uh while we were planning to planning the marriage um versus it bothers her out how doubts do <laughs> how long did you did it take you to uh <laughs> i was waiting for it this, this whole podcast <laughs> this is the entire podcast was created for that one joke <laughs> um i'm glad it landed no it's and it's true um i think for me i'm a very Humor, ladies and gentlemen, with just Jeff Bezos. That that's humor, right that's there. That's the that's the eight. Take point. notes. Take some notes. <laughs> also, a little bit betrayal there as well. So, Ooh. I, I, I think that's. I You're, think that's. Oh, there's a master class right here. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. Take notes. Um, but <laughs> a, anyway, I think a, a doubt is, it's an it's an active ingredient in a relationship, but it has to be, I think, healthy doubt. I think there's like unhealthy doubts where um a very very classic example is you know if my partner is being abusive i know that's i have doubts about that that's a clear clear cut thing um there are other things like you kind of mentioned things you kind of compromise on those doubts are sort of you have to figure them out yourself you know I think everyone's relationship, and this is not just romantic ones, platonic relationships as well. Like my, me and you, John. I th- I don't think, I I don't think we would be friends if we agreed on everything. I think there are a ton of things we disagree on, but the things we disagree on are the ones that are ones that makes make this relationship interesting. 
and the things we do and things we disagree on the same thing uh, mm-hmm. and i think everyone has that has those little characteristics where if they if you guys agree on it you're prone to be friends for longer and then there are things that if you disagree on it you'd actually you're kind of in a weird logic you're prone to be more more friendly toward each, each other i think the facts that fact that we disagree on on attack on titan uh that's an anime we we have we have very different opinions on it but i think it's fun i don't mind that i kind of think i might you're, I, I <laughs> you you do i think your reasons are valid i don't think you have a stupid stupid reasons for those you have a very interesting reason behind whoa, whoa. it um let's not use the s word here oh uh, yes yes but yeah uh it's it's such a it's such a weird question how do you deal with doubt it's such a weird question to answer without context you know it has you have to put context on what is the doubt where is the doubt stemming from what are you willing to work through what are you willing to because sometimes the doubt is also irrational sometimes the doubt is coming from a selfish place and it's not warranted and you have to sort of look into that and say okay am i willing to work on myself for this relationship am i willing to work on the relationship for for its future and those are the kind of questions that two people need to answer for for the relationship to thrive essentially Mm -hmm. and and for marriage those doubts are even multiplied because you look at it as am i gonna have those doubts after the marriage are these gonna just magically go away after we get married um after we get married what are we leaving behind those doubts are boy i mean they're always gonna i think in some parts stay with you but if the relationship is right and you're putting work on it and you guys are genuinely happy with each other those don't seem like doubts anymore those just seem like thoughts that once occurred and that will come up but they i wouldn't call them doubts anymore um i think the big one of the big thing that i personally you know were thinking about was man i'm gonna lose so much freedom i'm gonna miss um i i, I don't know if i if i can if i miss dating honestly um i i don't think i'm uh, my mentality is right for how one would date in this current world i think in current world for guys at least it's a numbers game the more you talk to women the more women you talk to the better chance you have i can't do that i i'm very if i if i'm talking seriously to one one woman i really can't speak to someone else seriously it just the disconnect just seems very uncomfortable for me so i i know i don't miss that but I thought I would be missing a lot of the at least I perceived it as a loss of freedom, a loss of my own free time, you know, with with the with the marriage comes in-laws and a lot of a lot of that I was kind of dreading, but now that I'm living in it and it's been less than a year of course, but I have to say I think I'm much better off for it. I'm a better person. um and that's not necessarily because of the marriage i think that's because of who i'm with and that has made me that has made the, our my relationship with my wife richer so yeah that's i would say i would say i took the leap of faith and it has worked out but yeah. 
that doubt you you're I don't, I don't think anyone can completely erase all doubts before marriage yes you're you're right and so the doubt that you brought up with freedom yeah i think that is a extremely uh prevalent one especially for uh guys like us with yeah many many options <laughs> we, we just have infinite options like we, we we could have anyone um so <laughs> for for us especially like we're definitely making a sacrifice there so i'm just kidding but yes definitely i think there is kind of like a biological aspect to it as well uh, just mm-hmm. the way guys mm-hmm. reproduce we are kind of shooting our fluids out of our body <laughs> and we do not become pregnant so i think it kind of makes sense for us to just biologically try to inseminate as much as possible. Whereas Mm -hmm. the reproduction strategy for a woman is probably different because they can only be pregnant with one child at one time. So they really do have to kind of be picky with whose child they harbor. I I do think this is going to be a short digression because I think we'll do a, on dating, I think we should do separate episodes because that's a whole beast. But I do think because of empowerment, women are. I think the the average age of uh, the marriage is yes uh, has increased for both sides because yes. I think women are also valuing their careers more, so they're willing to wait, and they're also in the dating pool a little bit longer. The stigma, the stigma behind having. Uh, a single partner has diminished for I think women and for the better so that they are in the dating pool they can kind of look around a little bit more um, just just like guys I think the biggest difference is the dimorphism the biological dimorphism where you know they have a biological clock where they have a short period of time a shorter period of time where they uh, they can get pregnant mm-hmm. and I think that's the one thing that will always kind of be there unless we have a big scientific uh, breakthrough women have at least the stats have shown they're they're exercising more freedom in terms of dating and choosing their man and i think that's i think that's great oh yeah definitely totally with that uh i'm totally for women's rights just i don't know if like these biological kind of uh structures in our brain like the way we're mm-hmm. wired these evolutionary like, i don't i don't know if mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like recent kind of laws helping kind of even out the playing field is enough to kind of offset millions of years of evolution but mm-hmm. uh, just to kind of go off of that um i'm definitely with you i also uh, thought about like whether my freedom would be decreased because right by marrying, you are. You you don't marry just a person, uh, even though a lot of people uh, would like to think so. Like a marriage is just a union between two people. Very often, whether you like it or not, it is a union of families. Right. You are marrying their families as well, and uh, with that, um, you take responsibility for their families. Like usually, the best unions are where you and your in-laws get along well because if you don't there's just going to be a lot of conflict right like your in-laws mm-hmm. are important people to your spouse 
So of course, it would be best if you all uh, got along. And actually, and the freedom thing is also brought up a lot on Reddit, like, oh, I'm kind of scared that I'm going to lose my freedom. And one kind of idea or like model that I've kind of thought about, and I think it's helped me too, is to know whether this is the right person or not, mm -hmm. is spending time with this person compared to spending time alone. So is, mm. is spending time with this person like an upgrade over you just spending time alone? Mm -hmm. And if it is, if it's just like spending time alone but better, then I think you have something pretty good there. Like that, that's very worth like kind of going deeper on mm -hmm. because that's not common. And I think COVID has actually kind of brought up that a lot. Like there's right. been a lot of people who were uh, You're forced because of to COVID, they're time. forced to spend time together and they realize that their relationships actually don't work right. because after spending more time together, they realize like, oh, I can't really stand this person all the time. Maybe like in small bouts, but not the entire time. Mm -hmm. And I think just going back to when you said like the feeling or like how you know like that feeling, I think if there is like a few aspects to it, I think one major aspect is like, can you see yourself just spending a lot of time with this person alone? Mm -hmm. And is that like nice to you? Like, do you enjoy that? Oh my God, John, uh, I've never, I guess, verbalized that, but that's so true. I think spending time and I, I would even elevate that a little bit higher where you say, well, is spending time with her also better than spending time with the people you most spend time with? And for me, it would be you and my other guy friends, you know, because I love spending time with you guys. And my on my free time is either spending time with myself or sort of just spending time with you guys. Or I guess those little times where I'm going to the gym. And even then I was going to gym with our friends and et cetera, et cetera. And yeah, it seems such a simple thing uh, when you write it or when you think about it, but it's such an important thing. Thing where if you don't, if you don't value the most trivial aspect of domestic living, domestic spending time, yeah, if you don't like that, it's not good. That's one thing I think I really valued with my wife. At least I never, again, never verbalized it, never thought about it concretely but you're so right the one thing that i looked for when i when i had my doubts was you know is this person helping me become a better person at least for me i'm a very on, on a very innate level i can be very lazy i can be very unmotivated and you know even with you guys i am looking for motivation it's a very selfish thing but it's kind of true i look for the people around the people that I want to keep around me are people that actively push me. You know, when we were talking about doing podcasting, I was saying a lot of things. I was recording by myself, but I wasn't really publishing anything. And you were the one who actually invited me out and we recorded our first one. <laughs> and you made that push. And I really enjoyed that. I saw that as, oh man, this guy is being serious about it. I should put effort as well. And that pushed me. It took a year longer, um, but hey, yeah, we, we, we're here. And with, with my wife. Hotel Pennsylvania was not fully open <laughs> during COVID. So yeah, yeah. That, that, that's our that, office. Yeah. So yeah, that was where we recorded our inaugural episode, the one that we never released. And 
perhaps we will release at some point, but um, the lost episode will stay lost at the moment. But yeah, with Farhana, my wife, I asked myself, is she making me a better person? Is she pushing mm-hmm. me to be better than who I am? And she was. I think she's a very no-nonsense. You've met her where she's a no-nonsense person. She is, well, if you're not going to be your best version, I'm going to leave you. And I kind of respond to that. I respond to that sort of test by f- trial by fire. And it also has to work vice versa. You can't be just the sole project of your partner either. I, you know, it's tough. It's, it's I can't say uh, on podcast that she has flaws. I can't just come out and say that. So she doesn't. She's a perfect person. But <laughs> if, if I if I can find ways where I can make things better or I can make her just a teeny bit better than who she was the day before, and I believe I am doing that, that's, to me, one of the key aspects of being a great partner. Uh, and those things kind of just build on that, that foundation. Because if you're making each other better, you're becoming better partners for each other, and again, making that relationship richer and those doubts sort of become idle thoughts. Yep. Mm, that's, that's fascinating. I think I feel the same way um, mm-hmm. with my wife, uh, Alicia. So I also feel that we kind of push each other to become better. So mm-hmm. some activities we do together, we work out together, um, mm-hmm. we go climbing together um in addition to that i think another aspect that i thought like really told me like this was the right thing to do is that we both want what's best for each other yeah and like we want to do what makes the other person happy and i think if you have that then that also goes a long way there's probably one more thing that i would add is um like how you yeah like how how do you know i guess that that can be mm-hmm. something uh, we go into. Like, how, how do you know yeah. that you should marry this person? And I think for me, it's probably like what I said before about uh, being willing to like look past the doubts. So like you love them in spite of those right. doubts. Uh, the second thing is probably like you work to make each other like happier. Um, that's like in your both best both uh, of you's best interest. Mm-hmm. And the third one is probably just seeing how you work through conflicts. I think that's a yes. really big one. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. That was my next yeah. point. You're absolutely spot on. I think um, I think I spoke to Farhana about this so many times, and we still speak about this. Conflict, and I've spoken to you about this as well, conflict resolution is far more important than actual conflicts. You can have a thousand fights. It does not matter. How you resolve it and how you come off it is far more important than how many battles you're having. Sometimes having a battle, sometimes having conflict is healthy. Um, Too much is unhealthy for sure. But having a good resolution system, working toward, and if you don't have that and work, if you don't have that, if you're working toward that, that is the best thing you can do. Um, because that's one. That's going to be the one constant in the entire lifetime. 
you're gonna be disagreeing on things and that really it does not matter how how much you get along with someone if you if you're with someone uh and you never argue please email me uh because i want to write a that's a guinness book of world record uh, type thing uh you're always going to find disagreements because not necessarily because you disagree on it it may be because one person is having a bad day it's because one person just is in a bad mood it just happens so keeping a cool head and resolving it i think one of the good um one good advice that i've heard is during arguments find a calm moment where you can uh, hold each other's hands and just to reinforce the idea that you guys are on the same team uh the other uh, the one asked one thing that you mentioned that you you and your partner you guys want each other to be genuinely happy you want the best for each other that is such a an underrated point that people sometimes forget in this crazy isolated dating sometimes can feel isolated where you're just looking out for yourself so i don't blame people yeah. for just looking out for themselves really so when you find someone where the other person genuinely just wants the best for you man you hold on to that and you and if you don't already do that for the for for them you should learn learn it because that's rare you know having the ability to genuinely want the best for them is is rare john yeah um going back to what you said about the conflicts like yeah when you said too much conflict is bad so mm. yes i agree especially when that the number of arguments and the type of arguments you're having are not related to like the actual ah uh, yes so when yes. yeah when they're just in a vehicle for them to like vent or take their anger out at you mm-hmm. so <clears throat> so what you said about um having both people in this on the same side right so important a lot of relationships that i see they're quite like adversarial actually where mm-hmm. one person will will do something to other person like maybe insult them or something it could be an accident and the other person instead of kind of prioritizing the other person's happiness they prioritize like an eye for an eye right, oh, like, right. they did that yeah. to me I need to get even and I need to do this to get even and that's how you just go into a spiral of conflicts that are never resolved yep. and and when you do that you fall into the trap of like this this is how you get uh, couples who if they go to therapy or they talk to a friend and they start bringing up like arguments from like 4 years back and they'll remember like the exact details they remember <laughs> the time of day like the where they were having that argument and that's because they haven't forgotten because mm-hmm. they haven't forgiven mm-hmm. they haven't forgiven each other they're still holding on to the angst from that mm-hmm. fight and it's yeah you're absolutely right and you know a perfect relationship isn't one that's devoid of these things it's one of, yes. it's it's perfect relationship is what you work you work through those things um I, i'll say like my, my relationship you know we were earlier in our relationship we were a little bit like that where we weren't um completely uh, at each other's throats but we would bring up previous things and it sometimes you don't even realize uh the effect of it until you sort of sit down and listen to your partner where 
one of us did have to kind of say, look, you know, when you bring up previous things or when you're bring, when you're counting the, the affections or, oh, you did this, but I did this, you have to kind of sit down and say, look, this is not a competition. It's, it's a, there should be an effort, there should be an equal amount of effort for sure, but it should be about, we're on the same team. If there's a conflict, we work on it together. And of course, emotions are going to be high when conflicts are coming up. It's good to try to keep that emotion down. But even if those emotions flare up and things are being said, it's also good to step back, take some space, take some time, and then come back and talk about it. That resolution part is something that is missed earlier on. And it's just so important to just work on it. So... I guess coming from here, I think we're both aware of like what the red pill community is and <laughs> yes. like what they uh, stand for. And just to give a short summary, I guess uh, the red pill community, it's kind of this reference to the matrix where mm-hmm. Morpheus kind of reveals both hands. And in one hand is the blue pill and in the other hand is the red pill. And he offers these to um, Keanu Reeves and he tells Keanu, if you pick the blue pill, you go back into the matrix and you forgot any of this happened. Basically, you go back to not understanding the world as it actually is, the reality. If you take the red pill, then you understand how the world actually works and we're all just living in a simulation. And this community, the red pillars, uh, they hearken themselves to having taken the red pill because they see themselves as understanding how the world actually works. And when they say that, they refer to uh, the fact that the relationship between men and women is almost like cursed to be exploitative, where the best thing for men to do is like, for example, not get married, to not really try to have like a deep relationship uh, with a woman. So I guess this kind of runs almost 100% counter. It's like a total 180 from like what we have done actually. Which mm-hmm. is like get married early. Like to them, we're like whipped. We're like <laughs> the whipped of the whippedest. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that and like how how you see the Red Pill community? Hmm. I think for the most part I can extend some sort of sympathy because it can be frustrating. There are some unfair things that I've faced uh during the dating uh scene. While it was unfair to me, I never felt like it was injustice, if that makes sense. There were things that um, sort of I was written off for that I was like, oh man, you know, that sucks. It's not something that I think is indicative of myself. But I never faulted the the other side. I never faulted the women for being written off. But I can see how easy it is yeah. because even us, sometimes we were like, man if we had it easier if women gave us a little bit more of a shot um, in the beginning when we were dating but at least for us we quickly realized yeah that's not gonna get me anywhere blaming women is not gonna get me better at dating period there's there are many things that you and i have characteristically that make us better and that make us worse in the dating pool and that's just how it is and the best thing we can do is 
work on our strengths and try to minimize our weaknesses so we get a foot on the door and then we put on our charms that's how i assume that's how we both ended up with um, our partners for the red pill community it's just internalizing all that hatred and frustrations and putting it out on at least in my opinion the clo- the clo- the easy the it's easiest target yes. yeah the scapegoat yeah are there women who are um unfair Ab- absolutely that, that for sure are there people who are you know writing good men off for bad reasons sure but there's also a lot of that happening from our side as well yes you know i'm sure in during our dating we definitely said no to some people that we would be great uh, would get along with but that's our preference that's that's how it is and you it's it's such a weird thing where i yes. want we, them we to said no to many women scores <laughs> scores of women oh john just, you just know adding that in there we Abs gotta be yeah. we gotta be gentlemen now we can't we have to be humble but uh yeah it's i want the people in the red pill community to get happiness i I want them to realize that you know the and there's the red pill community there is an offshoot of it called migtow i don't know if you've heard of that mgtow men going their own way and i found that to be an extremely weird you may even call it vile part of the red pill community and for the listener is is if you google it uh you mgtow you you kind of see what i'm talking about where it's just men realizing that getting married and getting cuffed is the worst thing possible because women are this singularly defined villainous sex and it's such a uh, it it's it's tough to defend something like that because there's not a single characteristic that is defined that is just defined because we are male or we are female the the old stereotypes of you know women make good the better parent you know that's not always true either there are many single fathers who are kicking ass and those stereotypes it's the same thing as saying all women will just get married to you for the money and and they will leave you when you're older and they will just uh, or you know they're they're fit they're uh, i think they they have a lot more callous terms but they basically just say you know when when the women are young they will have their way with many men and then when they're used up excuse my language they will then find a beta male. I mean, this is like verbatim money. from yeah, these the are, communities. So. These are almost verbatim. They'll find a beta male with money and they'll settle. And first of all, if, if a girl is doing that, there's also something, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's how... You, you, you because know what I'm guys saying? do... Guys do because, that as yes, well. <laughs> men will do... Yeah, so the funny thing is like the, the red pill community, there is basically like a counterpart to this for... right. Like woman, as well. Mm-hmm. In fact, I believe it started. Uh, I, so the incel community, the uh, the incel is the involuntary celibate community, which is now predominantly men. I I read somewhere that it was actually started by females who had trouble finding a partner. Interesting. Very fascinating. And 
and I could be, I, I, I believe I saw it in a documentary, which is, again, what a fascinating way. I, I, I do think the Red Pill community and all these community may have started with not necessarily good intentions, but with a better, better intention than what it is now. You know, sometimes some of these communities are good because you want to air out some of those frustrations and hear the good advice. Now it has been bastardized where, you know, it's just the blame women part is so vocalized and that is not doing anything to actually improve uh, the people who are seeking the help. You know, we've all, we've both been frustrated. I actually, I can't say for you, you're a handsome man. I don't think you've had any problem. I actually, yeah, really wanted to get into that actually, because I, I'm with you when you said sympathy, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like dating is really tough. Of course. For for both sides, by the way. Oh yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dating is very tough and you're going to run into a lot of, and because it runs so close to their heart, like dating requires you to be so vulnerable in order for it to actually work. For dating to actually work, you have to be vulnerable. You mm-hmm. have to be willing to put your heart on the line for you to actually expect someone else to do the same. You really do. And when you do that, naturally, you're going to get your heart broken. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, And for some such an emotional event like that, like getting your heart broken, people are going to have very different reactions. And I think the Red Bull community is an extension of that. Um, where people have been very frustrated and they don't see any sort of like success or like light at the end of the tunnel. And I think I very easily could have just gone down that same path. Like this is, Mm. this is not exclusive to, and incels, they're very popular now on the news. And I think the general kind of mindset around it is like, Oh, these people who we can't possibly understand, like they're just too far gone. But no, 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 no. These people are, our neighbors like we have to seek to understand like the struggle that they're going through and see if there is a solution because i agree dating is very tough and i think okcupid um which is a very popular dating app they Mm -hmm. did a study actually which found that they compared basically the way men saw female attraction versus the way like uh, mm. women saw like male attraction, male attractiveness, and for uh, men, the way they kind of looked at uh, female attraction is, I think it followed the bell curve. This was like the result of their study. It's it mm-hmm. followed the bell curve. Like most people, as we expect, are average looking, and then there are very few people on each side of the bell curve that are either very uh not pleasant looking or extremely attractive uh, this this sort of um which, which makes sense like it follows mm-hmm. the bell curve like many things in nature kind of do uh and but for females it did not follow bell curve at all mm-hmm. and it basically uh came out to 80 uh, percent of men for females were below average right which by itself doesn't really make sense like how can 80 percent of people be below average but this is kind of how women see men, mm-hmm. interestingly enough. So so on, on one side, I, the takeaway I get from this is that, yes, dating is very hard for men. On the other hand, I, from my personal experience, I feel like there are a lot of things that men could be doing 
to increase their chances by a lot, like exponentially, that they are not doing. Mm-hmm. And I think this could be something for like the next episode or something because、uh, it's such a big topic. Yeah, I agree. Topic, yeah, I agree. I think that's one of those. Th- we're definitely going to do a deep, deep, deep dive on just dating in general. I think it's just it's such a fascinating thing. While we're still young, I think we should definitely dive into it.、Um, <laughs> yeah, while we're, we're still in the <laughs> single-digit episodes. Yes, <laughs> and yeah, not talk、um, about hip replacements. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah episode one hundred. How, how we got a discount <laughs> on our hip flip? Anyway, yeah, man.、Uh, the sympathy part and understanding part, because they're so they're in the media so much. Once you get that mainstream treatment. You are labeled as just you, you, everyone's just labeled as something, you know.、Uh, yeah, like the, untouchable or something. Like yeah, exactly. Reminds, yeah, you're absolutely right. The untouchable. Yeah, they're they're the Okcupid thing. I think reminded me of there. There have other tenets where they say, you know, if you、uh, the only the top eight nines will date each other, and you you have to, if you're like. A, If as a male, if you're under, I think seven or six, you have to settle for, like the women equivalent of fours and threes. And if you just look out in the world, that's just not true.、Um, there are people of all. And first of all, ratings are so arbitrary in the first place. A person, a one person's ten is another person's one. Exactly. Know, it, it's such a the beauty standards are so widely varied, so that doesn't make sense. But to you know their own self, you know these are anecdotes that they're following up on, and、uh, you know if you go deep into it, you'll find stats that will support any narratives anyway.、Uh, so it's it's kind of tough, but at, in the crux of it, you know if you're blaming. Anybody but yourself on in this particular issue, you're not really getting better. And like you said, there are many things a man can do to improve their odds exponentially. So、uh, many. Yeah, so you many. and I have gone through this. So I, I, you know, I will say, in terms of objectiveness, you are、uh, okay. I'll say I'm more handsome, but you have more characteristic that an average female would be looking out for. You're you are you are you are a good looking cat. But there are other things you can do to increase your odds of being looked at, being swiped right on, and then there's the aspect of how you talk to talk to them, and all those things. That's huge. All those by things the way. can、That's、be huge. All, absolutely huge. All those things can be improved upon when you ask. And again, we'll kind of do a deeper dive on a different episode.、Uh, you know, when you ask for the number. You know how soon can you? All those things you can improve on, and you can get better on, and increase your chance drastically higher. And those superficial things that you think are important, at the end of the day, once you get far enough, they become worthless. Of course, the sex appeal and how your attract physically physical attraction is a huge thing, but that emotional connection bleeds into it so much that. I think those superficial things, honestly, they only last a few months. Agreed. If、um, even, if, if even, even, I don't even I know.、Agree. Yeah, there's so much depth to it, and、mm-hmm. um, the posts that I see on the Red Pill community when I do、uh, browse it, it's、mm-hmm. it doesn't even scratch the surface. Like most people are way too 
focused on the physical attraction, as you're saying. Like right. they're trying to do something called like looks maxing. That's how yes, that's yes, the term yes, they use, which yep. is it's it's exactly what the term sounds like. They try to max out their physical traits, like by going to the gym, working out, getting like a ripped body. To, Which and, and, isn't on the on just paper. That's not a bad advice. You yes, sh- you should. Yes. You know, everyone should get a good, healthy. You should be healthy. Yeah, but past healthy, like you do not need Arnold right. Schwarzenegger level, <laughs> um, or Arnold Schwarzenegger level muscles to attract a girl. Like that is right. totally unnecessary, and we can do a master class on this. Abs and I can do a master class on this. <laughs> Uh, next episode so bezos master class jeff bezos now that you're on the market again uh-huh uh you can tune in so we can <laughs> kind of help our buddy here too okay sounds good yeah you know what you're right one of the next episodes we will do um yeah if you're single come tune in I, and you know what we'll maybe we'll bring some female perspective perhaps Interesting. maybe maybe a guest uh where we could kind of get a little bit of tit for tat i don't know uh stay tuned it's that's a little bit of a, a teaser if you will but anyway back to um yes. i think one thing you did ask you know how do you know the big the big question mm-hmm. i'm with this person how do you know right john do you yeah. want to say anything about that yeah so i think i'm just gonna go back to um the three aspects like mm-hmm. the, these are just so strong like if there's other doubts like if you have these three, you're probably gonna do a good job of making it. Like, mm-hmm. so the first one of them being, you two actually prioritize each other's happiness. Mm-hmm. So you actually want that other person to be happy, and the other person wants you to be happy, and this actually helps you avoid a lot of uh, obstacles because mm-hmm. you guys are not like out of each other's throats. You're not adversarial. You want to help each other, and when you Think of future plans you consider not how is this going to affect me but you naturally think how is this going to affect me and my partner and you almost become like a unit 100%. so if you can feel that way about the other person that's a very good sign um, another thing is if you feel like spending time with that person is basically like spending time alone but just better mm-hmm. so it's like an upgrade over equilibrium that's huge because you're going to be spending a lot of time with this person. Mm-hmm. And I think a great way to kind of test this is trips. Yeah. If you can't live mm-hmm. together already, I think you should live together before marriage mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I know that's not usually kind of accepted in a lot mm-hmm. of religions. So, But if you can travel together, that is a great yeah. sign because Agreed. there's so many kind of aspects of travel. You guys have to plan it. You have to agree to certain things like there might be things that you want to do that they don't want to do so if you guys can come to compromises on that that's a very good sign so yeah just being able to be alone with this person for long stretches of time absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah and i think another thing is the way you communicate so uh, when you communicate and you resolve conflicts yep are you able to do it in a peaceful manner a peaceful and productive manner where Mm -hmm. you guys are actually addressing the issue and you can both talk openly about how you're feeling about that issue and if you can resolve conflicts in this way then and you have all these three aspects i would say that's a very good sign and this 
might be a really good union because uh, for me and my wife, we I definitely needed, uh, we definitely had these three before yeah. we got married, and I'm feeling very good about where we're at. Hundred percent, a thousand percent agreement on that. And those three things can come in varied ways. Where in a conflict resolution may may as long as it's healthy, I think that's good. Sometimes a vent session is good. Sometimes I know I have pent up uh, not aggression, but pent up frustrations. But talk it out, like John said, communicate. Communication is such a huge thing. You know, if you're frustrated, say it out. Sometimes when I'm telling her uh, one of my frustrations, I catch myself. I'm like, yeah, this isn't right. And I tell her that. I'm like, look, I'm frustrated. I don't know why this is not right, but I'm frustrated. And then you work through it together. Uh, the first aspect, your team. If you have frustrations with the person, bring it up. If you have doubts, if you have things like, look, I'm feeling a little um, hurt by this one thing, you know, maybe you didn't intend it. And then when you talk it out, they can say, look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that. And once you talk it out, once you clear miscommunication, you get somewhere. If you bottle it up, if you don't, if you don't put put it out there, then it's going to come out in a very weird, probably something that's not even related. You're washing dishes and something, you know, you make, you keep, you leave a wet sponge. You get, <laughs> you, you just yell, yell yeah. out, you know? So it's good to communicate. And, you know, I have to emphasize that not every, not every, no one starts with all those three things just from the start you work on it you have you hopefully you have some semblance of the of those things and then you work on it you get better at it you catch your faults you catch the other person's faults and hopefully they um you know they recognize it as well and you work together on it it's not a it's not a battle it's not a war you're not looking to win just conquering love together yes if there's one misconception is just how much work a relationship needs oh boy it's a lot yeah. of effort yes yeah i think that's one of the earliest uh conversations i've had with uh, farhana where i said look if you're not willing to put in effort let's not do this and you know in early on you know she's one of those people she gave me a lot of early talks about her future her this is what i'm gonna do i may not be in new york in the next three years this this and that she gave gave it to me from the from the get-go and that really worked for me because i want to know i want to know all those details i want to know that our future plans align and so i for my part i said the one thing the one minimum thing i want in a starting relationship is effort that's it i want you to put in the work if you have doubts you voice it if you have questions you ask it that's it if you don't have that in the from the start it's it's gonna be doomed yeah i i totally agree do you remember like farhana's kind of response to that actually yeah she agreed <laughs> i mean if she didn't agree we wouldn't be here i i think um <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things you also have to work on the, the level of effort i think the, you know when you start dating 
there's going to be imbalances in everything. There's going to be imbalances in who likes the other person more, and that that shifts as the relationship goes, and you have to find ways to equilibrate that. There's going to be imbalances in how much effort the other person is putting in. You know, it's that all in the beginning is all rocky. It those things are being adjusted. There's these are two people with two different backgrounds, two different lives, two different families, fr- friends, blah 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 coming together and making a life out of it. It's very difficult. So, of course there are going to be imbalances, there are going to be obstacles. It's about the things that do work and the things that need work. And yeah, the things that need work need need effort. Period. Yes, period. Um, <laughs> yeah, this was. I think this was a great way to start this conversation because I yeah, and I really emphasize on start because I feel like there's so much more that we can dive into. I mean, marriage is it. It might want be one of our longest like rituals ever for like mankind. <laughs> so um, yeah, next episode definitely stay tuned. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. Bezos, if you're listening, stay tuned. We're gonna help you get get back on the market. We are Let's... gonna start with my researched topic that we, I have been saving, uh, <laughs> the, the epic Apple versus Fortnite. We are going to do a short summary on that. Okay. Yes, uh, let's definitely do it. Because oh my, it's gonna amuse you, my brother. It's gonna be fun. So <laughs> yeah, that episode is yes, gonna be that, wild. Yeah, I, of course we're gonna be continuing this and maybe do some dating maybe have a guest or two i don't know but stay tuned for that yes sir yeah and what jeff bezos calls a cliffhanger <laughs> is what we're going to do now okay so thank you for listening everyone thank you guys